0: Bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Bring It On, the musical. But first, how are we doing? I hope this episode finds you well. It's been a few weeks since we have sat down to record an episode for the main feed. Hello, Patty. Hello, Benny. We took a week off for some much-needed R&R after our mammoth Sunday in the Park with George episode. That was our 100th episode. This is our 101 Dalmatians episode. Eh? How do you like that reference? How does that stick in your craw? And then we took a week to dedicate our attention to the first episode of Turn It Off. That is, of course, our brand new $10 a month Patreon series, which is dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. If you want to check out the first episode, which is all about Emoji Land, become a $10 a month patron. Go to patreon.com musicalmanpod. Sign up today. You'll get that first episode and the next five in this batch of Turn It off episodes a reminder we will be moving between the main feed and the patreon feed so these main feed episodes are going to be released on a bi-weekly basis through july 14th at that point we will return to a once a week main feed schedule but i just want to remind you in case you're wondering where are my main feed episodes well you don't have to wonder anymore because they are coming out again on a bi-weekly schedule, on a bi-weekly basis. Okay, I have a few things to address here in the opening segment. I want to talk about Sunday in the Park with George, and I want to compare it to Into the Woods. Again, I had a revelation. I want to quote some lyrics for you, some Sondheim lyrics. Here is a quote from the Sunday in the Park with George song, Children and Art. Are you ready for this? Quote, I know, honey, you don't agree, but this is our family tree. Just wait till we're there and you'll see. Listen to me. Quote. Now compare that to this quote from Into the Woods, the Children Will Listen song specifically. Quote. Children will look to you for which way to turn, to learn what to be. Careful before you say, listen to me. Children will listen. Quote. I just find it fascinating how the three-word phrase, listen to me, appears in both children and art and children will listen. Ah! Parallels. I love it. 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 Scott Rudin. We need to talk about Scott Rudin for half a second, and then we will move on from this big bag of mealy potatoes. Scott Rudin has resigned from the Broadway League after stating he would step back from his current slate of Broadway productions, which includes The Book of Mormon, To Kill a Mockingbird, West Side Story, and the upcoming revival of The Music Man. But will he continue to profit off of these shows is my question. If that is the case, if he is going to continue raking in money hand over fist, then what was the point of resigning in the first place beyond superficial optics i stand we here at the musical man stand i should say with karen olivo diamond essence white and everyone who recently marched in protest of Rudin, actors' equity, and the conditions that make being a performer of color so difficult. Performing on Broadway is a dream shared by so many people. Forget about just performing, I don't want to relegate it to the idea of just performing on Broadway, working on Broadway. Working on Broadway is a dream shared by so many people, and we need to make sure it's a dream worth attaining. Right? Right. Finally, I want to announce, this is big news, I have received the first of my two Moderna vaccination shots. Hooray, huzzah! Now, Patty and Benny are fully vaccinated at this point, so it really is just a matter of me catching up with everyone else, which is what it feels like. It feels like I've been catching up with everyone in my life in regards to a vaccination, a complete vaccination status, I should say. So I'm feeling good. My second shot is coming up here toward the end of May, May 20th, but yes, I'm very excited to be fully vaccinated very soon. I hope that if you are not currently vaccinated and you do not currently have an appointment scheduled, that you are able to do so as soon as possible. I'm rooting for you. I am rooting for you. Okay, now let's get the show facts regarding this week's subject. Bring it on the musical. Show me the show facts. Okay, okay. Bring It On the Musical was a 2013 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on August 1st, 2012 at the St. James Theater and ran for 171 performances. The book was written by Jeff Witte. It is inspired by Bring It On, the 2000 Universal film written by Jessica Bendinger and directed by Peyton Reed, Kirsten Dunst. Gabrielle Union. Hello, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the original film. The music of Bring It On The Musical was written by Tom Kitt and Lynn manuel Miranda. The lyrics were written by Amanda Green and Lynn manuel Miranda. The director of the original Broadway production, Andy Blankenbuehler. Musical director, Dave Pepin. Choreographer, Andy Blankenbuehler. Cheer consultant, we have an official cheer consultant here, Jessica Colombo. Scenic design, David Corins. Lighting design, Jason Lyons. Sound design, Brian Ronan, costume design Andrea Lauer, and here is every member of the original Broadway cast. I'm going to cite every single person. We have Taylor Louderman, Adrian Warren, Ariana DeBose, Jason Gotay, Gregory Haney. Now, Haney played a character named La Cienega, and La Cienega is the first trans high school character to appear on Broadway, according to Wikipedia. Now, Haney Haney is not trans, and La Cienega is actually. Actually not identified in the show as trans, not explicitly, so we have to rely on Jeff Woody's word when it comes to this point. I would bet most people who saw Bring It On assumed La Cienega was a drag queen in the mold of an angel from Rent, but that's what happens when you mistake existence for well-rounded representation. Oh, see that character back there? That character is totally trans. Uh, do they openly identify as trans? No, but uh, trust me, they are totally trans. Oh, well, I'm glad you told me on my way out of the theater. How very helpful. Let's continue through this cast list, shall we? We have Neil Haskell, Janet Krupen, Elle McLemore, Ryan Redmond, Kate Rockwell, Nicholas Womack, Callie Alden, Antoine Bathia, Dexter Carr, Michael Naone Carter, Courtney Corbell, Brooklyn Alexis Freetag, Shonika Gooden, Haley Hannah, Jock Joshua Henry, Dominique Johnson, Melody Mills, Michael Mindlin, David Rank, Batisse Richardson, Shelda Tucker, Alicia Umfris, and Lauren Witt. I want to say that the ensemble included several professional cheerleaders. I wrote that down and I'm saying it out loud right now. Tony Nods. Okay, so the production did not win any Tony Awards. It was nominated for exactly two Tony Awards, those awards being Best Musical and Best Choreography. So, Two nominations, zero awards at the end of the day. I wanna talk about the plot. Let's talk about the plot. I chose to forgo a rewatch of the 2000 film. Can I say that right up top? As the plot of the film bears no resemblance to that of the musical. Both involve a white cheerleader moving outside of her comfort zone and interacting with people of color, but that's about it as far as parallels go. I have to assume a lot of people were disappointed to find the show they paid to see had nothing to do with the movie they enjoy i'm sure several members of the production team went out of their way to say well we're doing our own thing here but come on already do not capitalize on a popular movie if what you are actually making is an original musical and while we are on the subject do not capitalize on a popular movie if you're not going to credit or compensate the person who wrote that movie in the first place That's right, Jessica Bendinger had to sue the production team to ensure she was properly cited and, more importantly paid. But we're doing our own thing here. If you advertise under the banner of Bring It On, you have to pay the person who wrote Bring It On. End of story. Uh, The title of our show is technically Miss Congeniality the Musical, but it has nothing to do with the movie. Why would we pay Mark Lawrence, Katie Ford, or Karen Lucas? Stuff and nonsense. I think we can agree on that. But let's talk about the plot of It on the musical. I said we would. I went off on a tangent, now we're here. Okay, let's talk about it, shall we? Uh-oh, Mr. Shall We is back. He's been hanging out with the man in the yellow suit, but now he is back, baby. Fun fact, the plot summary provided by the guide to musical theater site, which I have relied on in the past, is quite obviously the plot of the movie. I'm not sure what happened there, but anyway, fix your shit. Having dedicated years of blood, sweat, and tears to Truman High School's cheerleading squad, Campbell Davis has finally achieved her dream of becoming team captain. The position comes with an enormous amount of responsibility. Her junior year is rapidly coming to an end, which means she'll have to replace the graduating seniors before cheer camp begins in the summer. With help from her teammates, Skylar and Kyler, as well as her boyfriend, Steven, Campbell makes some tough decisions at tryouts. Among the rejects, Bridget, a social misfit who can never seem to catch a break. Among those selected, Ava, an unassuming yet promising sophomore. The squad has been assembled. Let the summer begin. Cheer camp goes very well for the students of Truman High. They win the coveted spirit stick, which according to legend means they're on the road to winning nationals, and Campbell selects Ava to serve as their sophomore spirit leader. Side note, yes, I realize the spirit to stick appears in the original movie that is another parallel you got me Lock me up. Now, what does it mean to be the sophomore spirit leader? Well, that means that if Campbell were to step down from her position as captain, Ava would be third in line to replace her behind Skylar and Kyler. But what are the odds of Campbell leaving the team? As it turns out, the odds are quite good. The school board recently redefined the school districts, which means Campbell will be spending her senior year at Jackson High School in the inner city. Oh my God. The new year begins and Campbell discovers Bridget has also transferred to Jackson High. They do not know a soul at Jackson, but it's obvious Bridget is destined for popularity. A boy named Twig is a fan of her curves and the resident kick-ass dance crew offers her a spot almost immediately. Campbell introduces herself to Danielle, the leader of the Jackson dance crew, but their conversation quickly turns sour. Danielle makes it clear to Campbell that she has no time for pea-brained cheerleaders. Got that? No cheerleaders! While drowning her sorrows at the Burger Pagoda with Bridget, Campbell spies Danielle being harassed by snotty rich girls. She intervenes on Danielle's behalf, and the pair form an uneasy alliance. Danielle even offers Campbell a chance, one chance, to join the dance crew. It involves performing in a goofy leprechaun mascot suit, but Campbell accepts the challenge, impressing her fellow students along with, hello, hello, the school's adorable DJ, Randall. In the wake of this stellar exhibition, Danielle officially welcomes Campbell into the crew. Act 1 comes to a close as Campbell learns about the latest drama at Truman High. Skyler's failing grades have forced her to step down as team captain. What? What's more, Kyler has contracted a nasty case of mono, which means Ava is now in charge of Truman's cheer squad. What? Campbell smells a fucking rat. She goes to Ava's house and is horrified to find that A, Ava looks exactly like her now, and B, she's hanging out with her boyfriend, Stephen. This is a single white female situation if ever there was one, but Campbell's friends at Truman dismiss her as a paranoid sore loser. Did I mention Ava's mother is on the school board that redrew the districts? What? 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 Incensed, Campbell vows to turn Jackson's dance crew into a cheerleading squad, one capable of winning nationals and putting Ava in her place. Act two. Campbell convinces Danielle to transform the crew into a squad. Fantastic. How does she do this, you must might ask. Well, by lying. Campbell tells Danielle that the winning squad at Nationals will receive college scholarships and the opportunity to perform on live TV. These are falsehoods. This is mendacity. Jackson's newly formed cheer squad goes to regionals and earns second place behind Truman, along with enough points to qualify for Nationals. Huzzah! Bridget strikes up a romance with Twig after some coaching from Nautica and La Sienica, her fellow squad members. Randall and Campbell arrange a picnic date, but the mood is dispelled with the appearance of Danielle. Newsflash, Danielle knows all about Campbell's lies. The squad and their friendship dissolve instantly. Randall comforts Campbell and encourages her to smell the roses more often. Well, thank you, Randall. Thank you for that. Ava celebrates the dissolution of Jackson's squad by explaining to the audience that, yes, she has been pulling the strings this entire time. Ava blackmailed her mother into transferring Campbell to Jackson High, hacked into Truman's system to change Skylar's grades, and even infected Kyler with mono. Oh my God, Ava is a puppet master. Ava! Campbell approaches Daniel Danielle to offer a sincere apology. Mia culpa, mia culpa. Danielle is cautious and still filled with hurt, but she admits to missing Campbell and the joy of working together. They make amends, reform the Jackson squad, and make their way to nationals. Ava reveals her devious side to everyone, but Campbell is no longer affected or interested in all of that drama. The kids of Jackson High take to the mat and perform a routine that blows everyone away while also breaking several basic rules of cheerleading. Truman takes first place and Jackson is left in the dust. They don't even place, but that's okay. Winning isn't everything. Randall offers Campbell an old Pinewood Derby trophy from his days as a Cub Scout, and the rival squads come together to celebrate the power of friendship. Ava is presumably burning in hell somewhere. It's what she deserves. AVA! 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 For the purposes of this week's episode of The Musical Man, I do have a confession to make. Oh my goodness. I rented the movie. I rented Bring It On through the library, but I never got around to watching it. I returned the film. Oh my goodness, mea culpa, mea culpa, I have to offer my own apologies. Well, I'm confessing, I'm not apologizing. Again, the movie has nothing to do with the musical and I just realized I have better things to do like listening to the 2012 original Broadway cast album, like watching the 2013 Tony Awards performance of It's All Happening. Let's talk about that performance. This segment starts off on a really strange note. It is introduced by a cast member from the long-running Chicago Revival. Of all things, I would love to confirm the name of this performer, so if anyone has that info on hand, feel free to send it my way. She looks a lot like Annie Lennox. It's actually quite uncanny. Don't reach out to me if you think you know who it is. Only reach out to me if you know who it is. I'm yelling at you. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of this intro, which goes a little something like this this. This is my paraphrased version. As we all know, the Chicago Revival has been running on Broadway for 17 years and has served as the inspiration for an Oscar-winning film. Thank you very much. Uh, Speaking of uh, films, Bring It On is also a film. Without further ado, the cast of Bring It On, the musical. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Why are we soft-selling one musical in the name of honoring another? It would be like making a wedding toast so you could brag about the success of your own marriage. The cast is doing a perfectly fine job, but the scenic design and and choreography do little to sell Bring It On as a piece of Broadway-caliber entertainment. Are we already prepping for the tour when it comes to these low-rent set pieces? Why is no one in a cheerleading uniform? Why am I not watching an astounding display of gymnastic talent? This is a show about cheerleading, is it not? I realize performing legendary or cross the line would spoil portions of Act 2, but what I was born to do is sitting right there. You can't give me the opening number and wow me with pom pom power? Know your product, people! Speaking of that opening number, let's transition into our discussion of the score. Hoo ah! There
1: is so much more to do. I can see it in my mind, this moment's mine When we win first place, we'll know how bright we shine We will move like parts of a finally two
0: running with What I Was Born To Do, a juggernaut airship of an opening that left me downright dizzy. For crying out loud, the song ends with an explosion, though to be fair, several Bring It On numbers end with explosions. Too many, some might say. Taylor Louderman, who made her debut on Broadway with Bring It On and went on to appear in Kinky Boots and Mean Girls, has a voice that commands nothing less than all of your attention. She got my attention, at least. Her voice proves to be an enormous asset. This show is all about Campbell, and if a lesser performer were standing in the character's shoes, we would be in trouble with a capital T. I like Campbell, but as I quickly came to find, I do not like how everyone around Campbell is largely incapable of talking about anything other than Campbell. Our protagonist presumably learns a lesson about the perils of narcissism, but that lesson is undermined by the show's obvious obsession with her. But we'll sort through all of that as time goes on. They should have chosen what I was born to do for the Tonys. I simply must say it again.
1: I remember my first tryouts, and my second and third too. All the fear and holy hell the judges put me through. I felt so
0: First episode of Turn It Off, you know I'm not a fan of the word bitch and how it's often used as a punchline. I hate it when characters use it to describe someone else, and I find it beyond depressing when a character uses it to describe themselves. Themselves, Themselves? I'm not sure. Why are we asking Kate Rockwell to sing, quote, Let's set the stage. I've come of age to be a raging, castrating biatch, quote, That sucks. Not funny. Women have enough to deal with without having to casually chip away at their dignity with this shitty language. Jonathan, my God, if a woman wants to own and redefine that word, let her do it. Okay, fine. But is that what's happening at the end of this number? Tryouts? That's the name of the number? Skylar is owning the phrase raging, castrating, biatch. My mistake. How foolish of me. You're right. Hashtag girlboss.
1: I'm not freaking out. I'm really okay. I'm totally chill or I will be someday. Cause I'm so near the top but there's so many mountains to climb. There are plans to be planned, drills to be drilled, cause this dream that I dreamed is becoming fulfilled. And I plan to enjoy it, but right now I don't have the time Fading on Campbell, an average teenager, almost grown Close up on average, grades from the average life she's known
0: Songs go. One perfect moment is fairly cookie cutter. It's unremarkable, but I'll be damned if Taylor Louderman isn't infusing every note with a remarkable amount of color and charisma. Chalk up another victory for Louderman, her winning streak cannot be broken. There is no way she has not appeared in the last five years at some point, right? I only ask because One Perfect Moment is operating on a Jason Robert Brown last five years frequency while proving Louderman is more than ready to tackle that material. The time for her to sing I'm Still Hurting is now, if we have not already heard it at some point. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's done it.
1: Bridget!
2: Thank God! Oh, am goodness! You got redistricted, too? Can you believe this? I'm in heaven! I bet I've got until lunch at least before everyone sees I'm a spaz. I wish Stephen was here. I'm so not used to not fitting in. Oh, I've got lots of experience with not fitting in. Do you need some pointers? I guess. Okay! Step one to become invisible, books up, deaccentuate the physical, head down, use only your peripherals,
1: stick with me, we'll be indivisible. They've taken a hatchet and hacked my team apart, they've taken my high school career and pressed restart, I'm looking for someone to follow so I know my way.
3: looking fine baby Sorry what I say you looking fine Chinkies
2: no one has ever said that to me before with the exception of a hobo once in my youth pastor
0: Let me double check my math when it comes to evaluating do your own thing Bridget is so unpopular that the number of men who have propositioned her can be counted on one hand The first was a quote-unquote hobo, and the second was her youth pastor. Yeah, this is not what I would call slam-dunk comedy. I'm not in the mood to have my brain rattled by the idea of some random pervert who likes to groom kids. A minor point, no pun intended, perhaps, but I wanted to make it anyway. It's my show. I know we tend to paint with broad strokes when it comes to high school stories, but The way Jackson High is depicted borders on ridiculous, if not outright offensive. According to my calculations, Jackson High School is a place where no one, absolutely no one, is a follower. No one. And everyone, absolutely everyone, operates out of pure self-interest. Everyone. None of us have time to help you, little girl. We do our own thing here at Jackson. It's survival of the fittest in the big bad inner city. What is this? I'm Rand's Atlas Academy. Why so serious, John Galt? It would be one thing if Campbell, whose white privilege would prime her to distrust urban settings, were the only one who saw Jackson as a dog-eat-dog world. But all of her fears are confirmed by Bridget and every other member of the student body. Randall sings, quote, We don't travel in groups, but the truth is we do have a dance crew, and they're ruthless. Quote, Uh, so no one travels in groups, but you do have a dance crew, which is obviously an example of a group. Does this school have no clubs, no teams whatsoever? I don't understand why we're reserving the concept of cliques for the white school while characterizing the black school as innately mercenary. Whatever commentary we think we're making here simply is not landing, much like a lot of the comedy.
3: Look
4: at this little rich white girl turning it out. Wow, I can't be mad at that. Look at her go. Look at this little rich white girl moving the crowd. Wow, she's not half bad at that. Look at her go.
0: Jackson contains two underdeveloped character numbers which have been stuffed into a sequence that is itself underdeveloped. It's like a poorly made turducken in that way. All of the major components are half-baked and the chefs are hoping we won't notice because there's so much going on. Mission not accomplished. But regarding those two not quite their character numbers, should we rip them out of Friday Night Jackson to see if they could stand on their own with a bit of work? I think it's worth it. Let's take a look. Danielle's solo, as delivered by Adrian Warren, who is doing her damnedest to mine something valuable out of this material, is a dead end if we're talking character development. Danielle spends all of her time singing about Campbell, so if we were to turn this glorified aside into a full song, we would need to make sure that song taught us more about Daniel than we already knew. Randall's Love Struck solo is also completely about Campbell, but to be honest, I'm not worried about fleshing out the show's stock male ingenue. We already have a song in Act 2 called Enjoy the Trip that cracks Randall open a bit. And yes, Randall only sings Enjoy the Trip in order to make Campbell feel better about herself. Of course he does. But what can I say? Development is development. Long story short, I see no need to beef up Randall's stage time any further. Before Before we move on, I have to ask, who wrote the following lyrics for Randall? Quote Look at her dancing with skill and with joy, even dressed like a strange and deranged Irish boy. It's so plain to see the spirit in her. She's the kind of brave that I wish I were. More than beautiful, she's got character, quote. This is bad writing, no matter how you slice it, but I almost, almost respect it for being so aggressively saccharine. And you have to hand it to Jason Gauthier. He manages to keep these lyrics afloat by sheer force of will. These performers are trying. God knows. Cheerleading,
3: you say?
5: So women who wouldn't give me the time of day Are starting a squad and they want me to play And if I play, I'll be famous Give me a hard one, these are no-brainers I don't know what these other brothers are thinking They must have been drinking, get it and let it sink in What are y'all scared, y'all think children is feminine? Then I'm a feminist swimming in women, gentlemen Consider it, it's a little different, isn't it? You're thinking it's limited, give it a minute, envision it Dead in the middle of 70 women on television Every
4: little bit of precision is magnificent Uh, actually uh, uh, uh. the only boy in the middle of the crew yes. the locker rooms after practices it's all happening world, it's the worlds shine when they see what Jackson can do tell are you feeling my point of view it's all
0: happening if you're in a pinch turning to Nicholas Wellmax solo in it's all happening should provide some level of nourishment when it comes to your appetite for Miranda style rap Lin-Manuel Miranda is quite obviously scratching an itch here, dashing off an irreverent soliloquy for Twig that allows the character to serve as his own hype man. Yes, this seems minor when compared to In the Heights or Hamilton, but you have to let Miranda do his thing. The man loves to pepper the populace with patter. I enjoy how Womack even sounds like Miranda. A little squeaky, a little cheeky. He's a little guy with big plans. I'm Sold a little guy, come on.
3: Huh.
1: Wow, they're really not that bad, but we're better. They nailed that basket toss, but we're better. It's a miracle, they're here, still better. And the flip was crazy sauce, but we're Look. they're blowing up on Twitter, they're only glue and glitter. Now, Skylar, don't be bitter, but
3: we're better our first runner-up, accumulating enough points to qualify for Varsity Nationals, the Jackson Irish! They're going to Nationals? What about us? And today's winner is Truman High
2: School! See? We're better, 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 It's nice that they compete, their enthusiasm's sweet, I love how they're so street,
3: but do I need to repeat?
0: Rockwell deserved better. The song Better deserved better. What is this clocking in at? A minute and change? Ludicrous. Yes, there are no small parts, and stage time is stage time, blah, 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 yada, 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 ticky tacky, ticky tacky, but dashing off these half numbers and handing them out to your supporting cast does not strike me as much of a favor. If you want to write a song for Skylar in the style of All That Jazz or I Enjoy Being a Girl for a couple of comparisons, then then plant your ass at the piano and take that idea as far as it can go. I'm already having trouble justifying the existence of Skylar as a secondary antagonist. I don't know if we need a secondary antagonist. And this momentary musical blip is not helping. Here's an idea. Why not write something for Skylar that doesn't require her to be a raging, castrating biatch? In my experience, actors appreciate the opportunity to explore a character's layers. Consider it. Oh,
3: some kids used to tease me and put me through hell. Some people are mean, but most people mean. Well, it's just their thinking he's stinking and a little outdated. Well, maybe they're merely uneducated. Got pretty eyes but thunder thighs. It ain't no thing. I'm daddy's little big surprise
5: It ain't no thing yeah.
3: Love who you are and the world will adore you And the couple that don't, at least they can't ignore you Now boys, I wanna buy me blank It ain't no thing
0: for a character that was meant to be the first trans high school student on Broadway, La Cienega has almost nothing to say about herself that doesn't boil down to vague gesturing. I had some uh, uh, difficulties in the past, but then uh, it got better. Everyone got that? How it got better? We don't need to dive into this any further, do we? We apparently do not. What actually matters is how a song like In Ain't No Thing can benefit a white character like Bridget. The characters of color can sing about themselves, but only if it helps to further the goals and growth of our white characters. Hold on, I was wrong. We actually do learn something specific about La Cienega during this number. She is a fan of game shows. Duh. Don't walk away and leave cases unopened while you're playing Deal or No Deal. That's a real quote. I forgot to put it in quotes, but that's a real set of lyrics. Only a dyed-in-the-wool fan of Deal or No Deal would make such a pointed reference. She's a fan of game shows. Was this joke funny to anyone in 2012. It's nothing short of confounding in 2021, but I am interested in how our ancestors responded all those years ago. na nah. Pap pap, tell me the legend of the deal and also the no-deal. On a positive note, and I do hope I haven't skewed too negative with this week's deconstruction, but what can you do? I do respect how in 2012, no one felt the need to make Bridget lose weight or undergo a makeover. The messaging is clear and body positive. I'm fat. This is the package. You can either sign for the package or step aside because the goods are fresh and the goods will be enjoyed. I like it.
2: In Helen, I'm a felon in a four-foot frame I just use my kill
0: would think the Deal or No Deal joke would have prepared me for the Bristol Palin joke, but let me tell you this, fair listener, I was most definitely unprepared to quote the song properly, quote, You need that killer instinct since time first began. From Genghis Khan to Bristol Palin, you need a killer plan. Quote, Was Bristol Palin known for her killer instinct? Did she have a killer plan to reach the top? I don't mean to dropkick these outdated jokes like I'm shooting fish in a barrel. Bang, bang, bang. If audiences in 2012 laughed at the Bristol Palin joke, stupendous. Peace be with you and also with you. But here's the thing. I don't believe anyone was laughing in 2012. Why wouldn't you reference Sarah Palin? I am drowning over here it's
4: easy to ignore you when i see you down the hall it's easy to be angry it's easy not to call to throw away this thing we had and blame it all on you it's harder to admit i miss it too it's hard when With something new And I can't show you It's hard to see you suffering It's hard because I know you It's hard to find forgiveness We've said all there is to say What sucks is I don't see another way The truth is that you're not too proud To beg or act the fool huh Talk-
0: Man Alive, I have no idea what else there is to say when it comes to Danielle. We're Not Done is by far the character's biggest musical moment in Bring It On, and every second of it is dedicated to her feelings about Campbell. Enough already. It's hard to see you suffering, quote, it's hard to see you suffering, quote. My God, Danielle, what is going on with you? Do you have any real interiority at all? Say it with me, Adrian Warren deserved better. Waiter. We need more better over here. I can't believe it's not better.
3: And next on the map, competing for the first time at varsity nationals, I give you the Jackson Irish. How do we know who we are unless we cross the line? Cross it. We fall just to
0: understand the importance of suspension of disbelief when it comes to enjoying musical theater. No one understands that more than me, the musical man. I am very smart and very cool, there's no need to question that. So when I grouse about cheerleaders who sing while competing at nationals, I don't want to come off as some earthbound buffoon. There's no singing and cheerleading, this is cheer-diculous. That ain't it, kid. That ain't it, kid. I simply believe we could stand to set aside the singing for once and focus on the routines instead. This is a show about cheerleading, is it not? I'm already all too aware of the stakes going into a number like Cross the Line. These kids want to win, they want to show the world what they're made of, etc. ticky tacky, and that's fantastic, but literally, show me, don't tell me. Show, don't tell. This ain't the season finale of Glee. <laughs>
1: We know it, don't
3: need that gold to show it when we know it inside Hey girl, we got the people screaming Just like we were dreaming, I know I'm satisfied Hey girl, look how far we've come now Before you couldn't stand me, now you think I'm alright Now right? you're like, hey girl, I
1: thought you were a spoiled, rich Uptight little white bitch, now I think you're just white And in 20 years, it's not a big old trophy that I'll miss But I'll always
2: smile
0: Like Venus and Serena. Considering how strong a start Bring It On makes with What I Was Born To Do, it's pretty disappointing to find its closing number, I Got You, is so anticlimactic. I found myself yearning for the likes of We Go Together from Greece, of all things. We Go Together is five times the finale I Got You could ever hope to be. Nothing could be further from the truth. These are strange days, my friends, strange days. There are currently no reprises in Bring It On, so why not whip up a callback to what I was born to do? Call it what we were born to do. We can still celebrate a newfound sense of belonging and friendship and whatnot, etc. tiki tacky. Anyone? Hello? Hey, Bridget, can I talk to you? Okay, so we gotta talk about these Bridget lyrics. Quote, I got you like Pokemon and Pikachu. Quote, Okay, so that does not track when compared to all of the other references found in this number. Pokemon and Pikachu are not a peanut butter and jelly pairing. Those do not fit together like Sam and Frodo. You wouldn't say the Lord of the Rings and Frodo, would you? No, you would not. If you must make, if you must, if you must make a Pokemon reference, you would need to say... You would want to say what? You would want to say, I got you like blank and Pikachu. Who goes with Pikachu? Say it with me. I'm going to say it if you haven't already said it. I got you like Ash and Pikachu. Yes! Yes, there we are. Yes, correct. We got there and I I'm grateful. I'm grateful. That is all I have to say regarding the score for bringing on the musical. It is now time to hear from our fine fine sponsor 5678 coffee. But before we do, can I just say I have not mentioned this at all in a long time. But oh my god, you better believe I am still drinking that 5678 coffee at the top of every single episode. Patty Benny and I we fucking love this product. I probably shouldn't be cursing in relation to, what am I talking about? <laughs> Our musical theater icons curse all the time in these ads for 5678 Coffee. But I just want you to know just because we're not talking about it, just because we're not talking about it doesn't mean we're not sipping on that fine, fine fucking brew, that fine mud every single time we get together. It's true. Now, let's hear a brand spanking new ad for 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. George. Are you nearly done with your sketch? My boobs are sweaty and I cannot feel my butt. And there is a spider in my ear. George, don't you think it's about time I had a coffee break? Hmm, this coffee is unsatisfying. Bustle high, please, Dot. If the beans were dark, if the roast was richer... If I had more sugar, if the cream were thicker, damn, should have bought five, six, seven, eight. Nurse, nurse, what happened to our tree? It has gone missing. It has not gone missing, madam. It is right over there. Uh, Moved by foreigners, no doubt. Most unlikely, madame. Now shall we enjoy our coffee? I only like five, six, seven, eight coffee. You know that. Yes, madame. That is why I have packed five, six, seven, eight coffee. Oh, I see.
5: Where is my
0: parasol? These high-society pissants wouldn't know a decent cup of joe if their lives depended on it. Give me a kettle of five, six, seven, eight any day of the goddamn week. Not good enough to fish the worms out of my dog's arse. You hear that, you yuppie freaks? The worms out of my dog's arse. (laughs) Somebody call me. Oh, I ain't got time for talk. Anyone gonna finish this pastry? How about this chicken? What is this coffee puke? Either way, don't mind if I do. Oh, my keister is on fire. I tell you, it's tough out here for a dog like me. Tough, tough. Yep. Yep. You're telling me, Buster? I took a little nasty poop in my lady's coffee cup and now she's furious with me. Absolutely furious. Yep, yep. Oh, I'd do it again, I tell you. Sometimes you gotta spoil the coffee with your adorable canine squirts. Yep, yep. Say there, pal. Mind if I nibble on some of the worms crawling out of your butt? Nope. Celeste, those soldiers are staring at us. Oh, you know, I think you're right, Celeste. Follow my lead. Uh, uh, this coffee pot is so heavy. Uh, isn't that right, Celeste? Oh, uh, yes, Celeste. Uh, oh, uh, oh,
5: oh, Ricky Ticky Taffy, I'm so horny.
0: Ricky Ticky Taffy, I'm so horny, Celeste. I'm sorry, Celeste. I get nervous when I'm horny. What do you think? I like the one with the light hat who is horny. Franz, Frida, come play with me. I want to murder the ducks. Oh, it is our day off, Louise. Go play with someone else. Yes, fuck off, Louise. Ooh, I'm telling. You tattle on me, Fraulein, and they will find your bones at the bottom of a dry well. Ah. Oh, Really, Franz? That, that! I would not say it if it were not true. Hey, pass the coffee! That's it, George. I've but had enough. I am a human being. Not a I am a a Order. Design. Tension. Balance. Bananas. That's right. I painted the painting. Me, the monkey. But how? Shh. Have a fucking banana, stupid. Final thoughts regarding Bring It On, the musical. If you are in the market for a musical about high school students, your options aren't exactly limitless. The list is not very long, though there are plenty of shows I would choose over Bring It On. West Side Story, for example, I would say that is a show about high school students. Bye Bye Birdie, yes. Grease, yes. Hairspray, yes. Spring Awakening is not a musical I would choose over Bring It On. For the record, Cry Baby is about teenagers, right? I'm not familiar with that one as of yet. Would I choose Dear Evan Hansen over Bring It On? No. Mean Girls? No. The Prom? Yes, I would choose The Prom over Bring It On, and I say that having only a casual reference for The Prom. These are examples I found while perusing our list of best musical nominees. So if there are more, give me a poke. Let me know. Oh, all right, fine. Here is what I found. Found on our Snub Club list. These are musicals about high school students that were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. We have The Lightning Thief, Be More Chill, Estrada Jones, speaking of cheerleaders, hello, Good Vibrations, Carrie, Bring Back, Birdie. I think that is all she wrote. Maybe... Let me know if I'm missing anything. Now, in 2012, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was a show that we have covered in the past, that being Kinky Boots, and the additional nominees that season were A Christmas Story the Musical and Matilda the Musical. Again, I love how we're throwing around the phrase the musical a lot that season. I am going to allow Kinky Boots to keep its medallion for now. For all I know, I will fall in love with A Christmas Story or Matilda, but I certainly do not believe Bring On deserved to win the Tony Award for Best Musical over the likes of Kinky Boots. I would absolutely choose to watch Kinky Boots before I watched the production of Bring It On. Now, let us rank Bring It On against all of the other musicals we have talked about here on the podcast. As a reminder, if you want to look at this list, our ranking, all you need to do is go to twitter.com slash musicalmanpod. Follow us on Twitter if you want, but you don't have to. If you just want to look at the ranking, you should follow us. Come on, be a pal. If you want to look at the ranking, go to our like section the first tweet you find there will link you to a google sheet our wonderful google sheet go to the second tab that is where our ranking is i'm going to place bring it on the musical at number 60 on our list that is between little me at 59 and nice work if you can get it at number 61 so there you go bring it on yeah number 60 baby number 60 now as far as the question of show related ephemera is concerned, I thought we would change things up. Normally I'll drop in some audio from a commercial or some sort of miscellany source. But this time we're changing things up. Hee 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 hoo hoo. This time around I'm going to be the game master. Yes, I have designed a game for you the listener to play. You and me. I am the game master, you are the contestant on our- Our new game show. Can I please get some game show music? Some game show. Do we have anything? Okay. All right. There it is. I should have been patient. I should have known it would fade in with time. Now, this game is going to explore the greater Bring It On film franchise. And this is how the game is going to work. There are four rounds. and each round, you will hear three movie titles. I will give you three movie titles. Two of them are fake. One of them is the actual title of a bring it on direct to video sequel. It is your duty. Uh, it is your solemn duty to pick the real movie title. That is your job. Okay. And I will tell you if you are correct or not. Okay. Are we ready for round one? Round one. All right. Again, three movie titles, two are fake, one are real. You have to pick the real one. A. Hey. Bring It On, Together Forever. B, Bring It On, Worldwide Cheer Smack. Or C, Bring It On, Show Your True Colors. Which are fake? Which one is real? The only question you have to answer is which one is real. Do you know it? I'm going to give you a second. All right, time's up. The answer, the real title in this set of options is none other than B, 2017's Bring It On, Worldwide Cheer Smack. Did you get it right? If you got it right, give yourself a point. Keep track of your points. I want to know how everybody did. After we're done playing the game, tally up your points. Tell me how you did. We'll share the results on our next main feed episode. But enough about that. Round two. We're still in the game. Let's live in the present moment. Round two. Which of these is the real directive video bring-it-on sequel? Is it A, bring-it-on, never-say-never? B, bring it on, Destination Europe. Or C, bring it on, Fight to the Finish. I'm going to give you a second. Tick-tock, tick-tock, which of these is the real DTV sequel? All right, time's up. The answer is C, bring it on, Fight to the Finish, which was released in the year of our Lord, 2009. Moving on to round three. Did you get that one right? Do you have another point? How many points do you have? Round three, A, Bring it on, cheer-mageddon. B, bring it on, in it to win it. Or C, bring it on, sugar and spice. Which of those is the real direct-to-video sequel? Are you thinking? Are you thinking? I'm gonna give you a second. All right, time's up. The answer, the real direct video sequel is B, Bring It On, In It to Win It, which was released in 2007. <laughs> maybe you're three for three. Ah, oh, Maybe you're zero for zero, zero for three, I should say. Now it is time for the fourth and final round. Even if you haven't gotten a single point, maybe you'll get one right here at the tail end. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. Hey, one point, zero points, four points, we're all gonna die someday. Here's Here's the fourth round of options. Which of these is the real Bring It On sequel? Is it A, Bring It On, All or Nothing? B, Bring It On, Cheer University? Or C, Bring It On, The Thunder Down Under? take a moment. I realize I should have been repeating these options before we went into the dead, (laughs) the dead zone of thinking. The tunnel vision of thinking. It probably would have helped if I repeated the options, but this game is challenging. You only get the one chance to hear them before you come up with your guess. What is your guess? Time's up! The answer to our fourth and final round is none other than A. Bring it on, all or nothing, which was released when? It was released in 2006. Oh, how many points do you have how many points do you have reach out to me via twitter at musicalmanpod or via gmail musicalmanpod at gmail.com let me know how many points you got we'll share the results in our next feed episode. Our next main feed episode, I should say. Oh, goodness. Alright, what a fun game. We've never played a game together. Isn't that insane? We're like a family. Today was family game day. Oh, goodness gracious. To determine which show we discuss next, we will need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rodgers and Hammerstein show Poirot Takes a Wife. Everyone ready? Then away here we go! All right, we have landed in the year 2003. This was a nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It only ran for 73 performances. This episode is going to drop on May 19th. Again, we are on a bi-weekly schedule. But Jonathan, you you haven't said the name of the show. What's the name of the show? It's A Year with Frog and Toad. A Year with Frog and Toad is the subject of our next main feed episode, which is, again, going to drop on May 19th. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Black Lives Matter organization. I do not keep any of that money. None of that money goes to Patty or Benny. All of the money is redirected to the Black Lives Matter organization. You can donate one, three, five, or ten dollars a month. If you donate one dollar a month, you get Monday early access to all of our main feed episodes. You get a verbal shout out each and every week. Thank you so much for donating at least one dollar a month. Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Gary, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. I would love for that list to be twice as long. Let's get some new patrons into the mix. Let's put some new names onto that list. But we're not done. If you are a $1 a month Patreon donor, you also get bonus episodes regarding the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, ABC's The Little Mermaid Live, a review of the film Cats a review of the stage musical Emma, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus. Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, and we now have two brand new bonus episodes available via the Patreon feed. We have a full-length commentary for Arlo the Alligator Boy, the Netflix animated movie musical. Yes, we had originally planned on recording a commentary for the film a week away. Those plans were cancelled. We threw those plans in the trash and we replaced those plans with a commentary for Arlo the Alligator Boy. It's a delightful commentary. You'll love it. And our most recent bonus episode is a deconstruction of the teaser trailer for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. So in total, I believe that is 12 bonus episodes at this point. Am I right? My goodness, no, that's 13. 13 bonus episodes. Lucky number 13. My goodness, but I'm not done yet. If you're a $1 a month Patreon donor, you also get season 1, 12 episodes of Radio Boy, that is a special series for which I check in with myself, and the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. You also get all of the episodes of M3, The Movie Musical Man, for which we watch trios of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. That show is on hiatus currently. There are 8 episodes that you can listen to again and again listen to them to your heart's desire we're coming back with new episodes of m3 starting at the end of july just so you know now let's move to the next tier three dollars a month will get you everything i've already described plus a musical shout out a special personalized musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. Who is your favorite composer? Who is your favorite musical theater character or actor? You tell me who you want to hear from, and they will deliver a special musical shout-out to you on a main feed episode. You also get season one, 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere. That is our high school musical podcast. We talk about every single inch, every inch of the high school musical franchise, and you get a special one-off episode about season one of Julie and the Phantoms, the Netflix musical TV show. Five dollars a month will get you everything I've already described, plus you will get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss on the podcast. If we have not already discussed it on the podcast, you can make me talk about it. So long as it was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical, uh, 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 I will send you a list of options. I will send you a list of options. You also get seasons one and two That's 24 episodes of All I Ask of You. That is a wonderful advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera and dedicated to the so-called villains of musical theater. You also get access to my Broadway in Chicago review series. I review all of the shows that come through Chicago as part of the Broadway in Chicago brand. Of course, we haven't recorded an episode in that series for a very long time, but we will get back to it eventually when everything is safe and opened up. And finally, as a $5 a month donor, you get Shout About It Volumes 1 and 2. Those are collections of 5, 6, 7, 8 ads and musical shoutouts from the first 50 episodes of the podcast. If that is your favorite part of the show, well, we've put it all together in these big clip packages. They're wonderful. Finally, $10 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus you get exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed, and you get season 1, 12 episodes of The Snub Club, a series dedicated to Broadway musicals that were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical, they were snubbed, and finally, our brand new $10 a month series, Turn It Off. It's dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. The first episode of Turn It Off is now available. It's all about Emoji Land. as a reminder. And the second episode of that series is going to be all about David Henry Huang and Janine Tesori's Soft Power. That's right, Soft Power is the next subject of Turn It Off. You heard it here first. If you're listening to the show Via Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review via Apple Podcasts. Then head on over to PodChaser and give us a five-star review on that platform as well. We are looking to collect sixty-five star reviews across these two platforms. We want a total of sixty-five star reviews because once we get to that point, I will—I will give you a special something. That's what I'll give you: a special episode all about Disney's Zombies franchise, Zombies and Zombies Too. We are still. At a total of 41 reviews, this is ridiculous. Come on, people. You know you like this show. Tell us. Tell us via five-star reviews. We have to get that number up. It's driving me crazy. If you're streaming the show via Spotify or Stitcher or Audible or Podbean, .podbean musicalmanpod.podbean.com. Thank you for streaming. You can follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod or email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to email me about how many points you accrued during our little bring-it-on game. Thanks as always to Patty and Benny for everything they do, my God. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo and Zach Little for our fabulous intro and Outro music. Oh well, you know what that sound means. Yes, just when the fun is starting, comes the time for parting. Oh well, we'll catch up some other time. Specifically, on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, Auf Wiedersehen, and good night.